0: chapter five of the diary of a birthday doll by ethel dow this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org i suppose i ought to be feeling even worse than i felt yesterday considering what has happened to me today but somehow in spite of everything i'm a bit easier in mind i wonder why maybe i'm getting to be like teddy dear good-natured teddy who says that he never lets him feel discouraged anymore. Now, Dolly, Honor Bright, are you really so awfully sorry that dreadful accident happened to you today? Honor Bright, remember. Well, Honor Bright, I can't say that I am, even though the accident may have very sad consequences, for without it to smooth the way, Teddy might never have talked to me. He's so very proud. It's so nice to know that you've got a friend, a good sensible friend to give you advice once in a while and to tell you that your hair is naturally curly as teddy told me i wish mamma lou had such a friend i'm sure that winnie campbell isn't or else she wouldn't make my mamma disobey her mamma but how did it happen that you and teddy got speaking dear dolly how funny such a very serious accident had happened to me and yet i don't seem to care i really don't understand myself at all Come on, answer yourself, dolly. Well, at six o'clock this morning, I was hoping and praying that Mama Lou wouldn't come into the nursery before she went to school. I just couldn't bear the idea of seeing her. I trembled at the thought of hearing her say, Well, naughty girl, how are you this morning? Now be good. When I knew it was too late for her to come in, I sighed with relief. I was just so tired of being scolded. I suppose she'll be in about half past two, I thought. Well, I can't help that. Maybe I won't be feeling so bad by that time anyhow. The time passed very slowly. Maud and Gladys spoke only three times, and then in whispers. They were afraid to say a word to me. They thought I wanted to nurse my sorrow in silence. That's quite true, and I still felt dreadful about the disgrace and all that. But, oh, I did want to speak, just a little. And I couldn't, because it wouldn't have looked at all proper for me and who had suffered so much to begin talking about everyday matters without being coaxed into conversation. Maybe we can just begin talking naturally when Mama Lou comes home again, I thought. If only she won't be cruel to me again. Two o'clock passed. I looked anxiously at the door, half eager for her to come, half afraid. Three o'clock, four o'clock. Once I heard the trotting of her little feet in the hall, a pause before the nursery door, and then a frantic rush. No Mama Lou yet five o'clock six o'clock how could Maud and gladys lie there so perfectly unconcerned when mamma lou might never come back to us any more and so good as she had been to them maybe they weren't unconcerned maybe they were just trying hard not to reproach me because it was through me when it was almost dark the nurse came in to light the gas mamma lou was with her just before they went out she gave us one quick glance and then turned her head away Oh, but I was frightened. She'll never come back again. I know it, I cried out loud. I guess it was naughty of me to fall out of my chair. Oh, Mamma Lou, please come back. Don't be cross at Maud and Gladys anyhow. They haven't done anything wrong. Mamma Lou, Mamma Lou, I screamed at the top of my voice, but of course she couldn't hear me. Then, oh dear, he always knows exactly what to say and when to say it. I heard the dear, gruff voice from under the bed. Don't worry, she'll come back, before bedtime even. I wonder what the girls thought of that. I was the only one he had ever said a word to. I nudged Maud and then whispered, Thank you ever so much. Do you really think so? Of course I didn't get an answer. Ted doesn't like unnecessary questions. Just before going to bed, exactly like he said, Mama Lou came into the nursery she was half undressed her shoes were in one hand and her dress in the other i just couldn't go to bed without seeing how you are she whispered to me very low dolly are you cross with me look i brought you a present she drew off my old pink ribbon and pinned a pretty blue bow in my hair naturally curled she lifted me very carefully out of bed and just as I was safe in her arms, I felt the queerest kind of pulling pain in my left knee joint. Something dropped with a clatter to the floor, and my left leg felt sort of light and airy. "What was that?" asked Mama Lou anxiously, and then she gave a scream. I peeped down. Horrors! There was my left leg from the knee down, lying just at Mama Lou's feet. At that terrifying sight, I completely had lost control of myself. Really, I had an excuse in my dreadful experience of the day before, and sent out shriek after shriek. First a broken heart, and now a broken leg. I screamed, oh, oh, oh! And Maude and Gladys joined me at the top of their voices, and the top of their voices is very high up. A broken leg! Oh, oh! under the bed growled again and again in such a deep angry voice a broken leg poor little girl well isn't that a shame the combination was simply deafening even though i knew that little girl's ears are not nearly delicate enough to hear the loudest noises that dolls make yet i was rather surprised that mama lou didn't seem to hear a sound i'd have just loved her to know how much my friends care for me Perhaps it was because she was so dreadfully scared and excited. She set me down on the floor, right next to that dreadful hairbrush, still lying just where she had thrown it yesterday, after, after, oh, don't let me think of it, and drew her slippers on in a flash. I've got to go this minute and get my mamma. She was muttering through her teeth as she tugged at her shoestring. I know I've done it, it's my fault because of what I did yesterday! I couldn't see her. But Maude and Gladys, who had stopped screaming, were sitting up in bed, looking on, told me afterward that Mama Lou's expression at the time was pitiful. Her face was quite white, her teeth were clenched tight together, and she was swallowing all the time. I heard her rush out of the room, and the next thing I knew, I was a little dizzy, I suppose, and not quite clear to as what was happening. I was resting comfortably in Grandma Ellis's arms, and Mama Lou was standing in front of me looking up into her mother's face with the most imploring expression her lips pressed tight together her eyes strained full of tears in her right hand she was holding up my poor leg it certainly gives you the queerest kind of feeling to see part of your leg held up in another person's hand nope. i'll do my best lucy grandma ellis was saying doubtfully but-and then mamma lou interrupted her wildly mamma mamma you must cure her you must you must or i'd never speak to myself again never never it's all my fault oh mamma you don't know and poor mamma lou burst into great loud sobs hush dear said grandma ellis soothingly your fault did you let her drop oh no 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 i was so naughty yesterday look mamma she picked up that mean brush and held it out despairingly i spanked her all for nothing so hard with this and mamma, she wrenched off the sticky ball of gum that had been paralyzing my hand i'd been chewing chewing gum though you told me not to and i knew i was doing wrong and i was so cranky i spanked and spanked and just spanked i know i broke her leg i just know i did oh i am so wicked mamma mamma poor mamma lou it was very sad to hear her sob so bitterly and all because of me i half expected grandma ellis to scold me for making her lou so sad but instead she smoothed back with my hair with the gentlest hand and said very sorrowfully you poor dolly lucy how could you be so cruel and so disobedient too go to your room at once i don't want you in here while i'm bandaging dolly you've been too naughty when you've said your prayers and are in bed i'll come in to speak to you now go at once cried mamma lou imploringly as she gave one last look at me then sobbing left the room the girl's bed was just buzzing with their excited whisper i wonder if she'll be whipped whispered gladys busily I'm sure she deserves a whipping. Whip her! Whip my pretty mamma. Oh, girls! I trembled all over the thought. No, said Maud. Did her voice sound regretful, or was I imagining things? Grandma Ellis isn't the whipping kind. She'll only give her a talking to. I hope it will do her some good. In my opinion, I said rather sharply, too, because Grandma Ellis was just tightening a bandage, and it hurt. I think that she had said quite enough already she has been quite strict poor mamma lou crying there all alone i wish grandma ellis would hurry and comfort her there was a silence for a second then from under the bed came that dear gruff voice again good for you little girl isn't he awful i was so embarrassed but it was sweet of him anyhow after that i really couldn't feel so very very sad about the loss of my leg and besides i knew that grandma ellis was doing her best with linen and lots of mucilage to make me well again when she had finished she carried me tenderly over my bed and tucked me in at the foot i do hope she won't put us to sleep now we've got so much to talk about cried gladys but before the words were well out of her mouth both she and maud were fast asleep there certainly are lots of inconveniences in being a sleeping doll i felt very comfortable and looked thankfully into grandma Ellis's eyes beautiful eyes just like mamma lou's as she leaned over us you little things she murmured very tenderly how real you were to me once and not so very long ago now i have my own naughty little doll in the next room to preach a serum to poor little lou i'll say good night to you for her she glanced around the room as if to make sure that no one else was looking then bent down and kissed first gladys then Maud, then me on the forehead oh how sorry i was that they weren't awake to appreciate it a real lady's kiss think of that she straightened herself half laughing then stooped again something under the bed what is it i wonder i heard her murmur and when i looked up she was holding teddy in her arms you poor little fellow she said smoothing his pink nose it was made of velvet i found out later all by yourself under the bed there and she placed him gently on the quilt right next to me now good night all of you she waved her hand to us laughingly and then there was the sweetest expression in her blue eyes no grandma ellis i wasn't afraid i could tell that you wouldn't be too strict with mamma lou the door closed behind her now who's going to speak first i wondered very much excited i think and was just about to breathe how do you do teddy and when he said with an admiring growl a sweet lady that and of course the ice was broken no i cannot say that i regret my accident we've had a delightful talk and i've a dear good friend and teddy isn't one to make friends with everybody either for instance he's told me that he never will be able to make up with maud and gladys too stuck up they are for me he said i don't like that kind i tried to tell him that he was mistaken that they were dear sweet girls and very much interested in him but he just said no no and wouldn't listen i'm afraid they must have said something slighting about him when he first came i do believe he's a little obstinate and proud but he has no other faults and down deep in my heart though i know it's selfish i don't mind very much that he doesn't care for modern gladys they've been pretty and kissed and happy all their lives they've never been scolded and whipped and had accidents before they were completed and broken legs and i can't help thinking that it would be only fair for somebody to like me too ted said that he never would answer when i called because he thought that i was most likely proud and vain like maud and gladys and was only making fun of him they're not a bit you naughty boy i told him very glad he didn't know the rag dolls he'd have been crazy over them they're so jolly and i do want him to like me best when he saw that mamma lou seemed very stern to me he just got interested he doesn't know to this day why mamma lou locked him in the trunk just a caprice he said sometimes his language is beautiful i was right he does know what becomes of mamma lou's broken-down children I was asking him about the trunk when he told me. It's an awful place, that trunk is, he says. I was sick for a week when I got there. The sights you see and the sad stories you hear are enough to make your fur stand on end. Tell me some, I breathed eagerly. I love to hear sad stories. No, no, Dolly, I won't. I don't believe in making girls sad. But you can imagine, in that trunk. And his deep voice chilled me lie the legs and the heads and arms of all the other dolls that mamma lou has ever had oh i cried now i know then that's what becomes of them a sudden fear seized me maybe tomorrow, if my leg won't stick on mamma lou will take me away from everybody i love and-but i wouldn't let teddy see what a coward i am did you see anything of an all china doll there i asked i was always interested in that china doll i suppose it was because she was so delicate there was a little piece of china stuck right in a corner he said the pieces near it said it used to be part of a doll but it never spoke so i'm not certain don't you think of it any more dolly i'm rather sorry i told you oh it doesn't bother me i answered cheerfully poor things they must miss you like anything and we changed the subject but all night though in the pauses of our conversations and now near the morning while teddy's lying perfectly quiet next to me as he's been doing for the last half hour this thought flashing across my mind makes me shiver perhaps tomorrow at this time you'll be locked up in the trunk away from gladys and Maud and teddy with only odds and ends of dolls for your companions poor poor doll that you are poor poor dolly End of chapter 5